a lot of people are familiar with the the fable or the legend of the guy who died running the first marathon distance. So, of course, you know, I think that makes everybody want to run out and do that, right? This one's radio episode 702 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at ExoSkin who make uh, some of the best base layer gear that uh, you'll ever ever put on, you know, from from socks to toe socks to compression socks to compression sleeves, shorts, compression shorts, compression tights, shirts, tops, long sleeve, short sleeve, no sleeve, compression, loose-ish fit. Um, Exoskin's got you covered and, you know, whether you're going with, with just the Exoskin gear or whether you're laying it on underneath something else for the, the cold weather runners among us, you know, when, whenever cold weather running, uh, if it's still lingering around this spring or whenever it comes back in the fall, uh, you're not going to go wrong with Exoskin. So get yourself, uh, some great gear and, uh, save yourself a few bucks along the way by using the code Dizruns at checkout. So exoskin.us is the website. Dizruns at checkout, save 20%. We'll talk about them a little bit more as we go, but for now, let's just go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, I uh, first kind of quote unquote met today's guest uh, out on the trails at the Bear Bait Ultras earlier this year when I was struggling along and this woman just blew by me at uh, 20 something miles deep into the race. Uh, and It turns out that she was one of my uh, new ultra running teammates, ultra red team members, uh, and she was on her way to uh, you know not, not only lapping me, but uh, winning the 50 miler that day outright and setting a new course record. So obviously she was having uh, a pretty a pretty strong day out on the trails. Um, and uh, you know I, I've been following her for a while now. Since then, uh, after she I would say literally left me in her dust, but it was raining that day, so there really wasn't any dust. She she left me in her wake, I guess. Um, and and just learning kind of how much of a badass that she really is out out on the roads and a little bit on the trails as well. And uh, we will definitely there's a lot of things that we're gonna try to get into today, although. You know how this show goes. Sometimes we'll, we'll uh, barely skim the surface of a few things and not touch on some things at all. But uh, it's going to be a, a, a lot of, of fun talking about some some big accomplishments she's she's uh, had and some really big goals that she's got in the future as well with uh, with today's guest, Miss Jessica Jones. So thanks for joining us today, Jessica. Really uh, looking forward to it and welcome to the show. Thanks, Denny. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, definitely. And uh, guys, if you want to find out more about Jessica, what she's got going on, kind of follow along with with her journey. Like I said, there's there's some big things coming up. Uh, definitely worth following along. Uh, islandbridgerunner.com is the website. And uh, on social media, Instagram, Facebook, the same handle, both places, same as the URL as well, which makes it always always real easy to remember. Uh, Island Bridge Runner uh, on on those places, on, on Instagram and Facebook. Again, Island Island. Island Bridge Runner. Goodness gracious, can't talk for a living when I talk for a living, but uh, <laughs> islandbridgerunner.com is the website. And uh, as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, just like we always do. Dizruns.com slash 702 is the link that'll take you back to the show notes for today's episode. So Jessica, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with the same uh, very simple question that for some people, it's a pretty easy one to answer. For some people, it's a little bit more uh, difficult or, you know, trying to, to narrow it down, but it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? 
So this is actually an easy one for me, and it's the marathon. Um, there's just something about that marathon distance. I think, you know, a lot of the history, a lot of people are familiar with the the fable or the legend of the guy who died mm-hmm. running the first marathon distance. So, of course, you know, I think that makes everybody want to run out and do that, right? Um, but seriously, it's... Um, it's a distance where I think every time you finish a marathon, you just have a sense of accomplishment. Um, it's a distance where you can't really cheat yourself. And by that, I mean, you have to put in the work to be able to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I really, really enjoy about it. I've run a little over 30 marathons at this point, and each and every one of them is different. Each and every one of them has a story. But every time you cross that finish line and become a marathoner again, um, it's just just such a sense of accomplishment. So I think that's it's a challenge. It's an accomplishment. It's something that you can enjoy each and every adventure every time you do it. So I just really, really, really love the marathon. I, I uh, it, certainly that you can tell just from from the, the little bit you've said so far that, that you really enjoy it. Um, and I'm not going to argue with you. I, I like I'm a, I'm kind of a marathon fan too. It's not it's not one of the more common answers. It's either, either it tends to be either the half marathon or you know get to the crazy people that that really like the you know 50 miles or 50 miles isn't long enough. So I like 100 miles or whatever, like into the ultra world. Um, but but yeah, I like the marathon. It's it's. It, something I'd never thought of until until what you were were just saying about you know, that sense of accomplishment, but almost like that that, that part of that legend that, uh, like you said, of of you know, may may or may not have died at the finish line, whatever. But but just just kind of that that history and that legend of it. It, it is it is a, a pretty. I mean, all races, all distances are, are great and fun, and, and there's always a, that sense of accomplishment. But yeah, it's it's uh, it, it sets it sets nice for me too. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's um, I. Originally, I didn't think I'd be running marathons. The first time I decided I was going to run a marathon, I started training for a marathon. I got hurt, mm. and I it took a long time to find a doctor who could figure out what was wrong with me. So I didn't run for about a year and a half. And once I got back into running, I was kind of like, uh, I don't think so. Last time I tried that marathon thing, it just didn't work out too well for me. Um, but you know, I found a sense of it and it was really Boston. It was actually the Boston bombings. Mm. When that happened, it really resonated with me that, uh, the sense of community around running, which I'd always enjoyed really just kind of strengthened that. And I made the decision that I was going to do it. I'm going to get back into running. I was already starting to run again. I was training for a half marathon, but I decided at that point that I was going to do a marathon and I was going to qualify for Boston. I was going to go run that race. Um, so, a you know, life-changing moment for many, many, many people, not nearly as impactful to me as a lot of people who were really affected by it, but it got me back. It got me into marathoning. So, um, I'm, and I haven't looked back since I started marathoning, so I love it. Yeah, definitely, definitely haven't looked back, and we'll get into to some of that uh, as as we go. But um, you know, kind of to, to piece just a little bit—not that I know all the details—but from from the website. So you would, uh, you know, just to give everybody a little bit of sense of history before I ask this question. But you know, you were a runner, um, middle school, cross country, track, high school, a little bit in college, uh, even for a couple of years in college. Yeah. Um, and and then kind of we're getting into it, like you said, training for for your first marathon. You get injured, take some time off. Um, so so. When 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 the bombing happened and you decided, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this marathon thing again, and, and like you said, you just been starting to to run again. 
was there some was was there any trepidation of of whether um, you could handle training for a marathon, a, a distance that you had tried before and, and, and broke down in the process? Was, was there a hesitation there at all? Um, no, there wasn't hesitation. I had learned, I did a lot of reading while I wasn't running about what can cause injuries and, and that, and that actually is when I made the transition to the ultra shoes. Mm. Um, so I read the book Born to Run and kind of bought into the natural running style. And I tried a number of uh, quote unquote natural Mm -hmm. style running shoes or zero drop shoes, found the ultras, loved them. So the shoe change along with changing some of my running form and just being really careful about building up my mileage. I would say for the first couple of years, I was um, a lot of runners know that 10% rule, don't increase your weekly mileage by more than 10%. Um, I was I was dedicated to that for at least the first year and a half, two years to really kind of make sure that I didn't get back to that place I was before. But hesitant, no, I went in full force, but I think I went in a little better educated about how to approach it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that, and I feel like that's um, something that, that all of us, you know, at, for, for one reason or other, we, we have to kind of go through that, that learning curve of figuring out, um, what's the right amount of training, what's the right style of training, what's, what's too much. And, and, you know, hopefully we don't have injuries that sideline us for a year and a half o- along that, that process, but, uh, hopefully we don't have injuries that sideline us at all. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, that, you know, I, I, I feel like, and, and I, I would love to see hear your opinion on it too, Jess, but, um, sometimes it's one of those things where you can, you can read about it. You can, you can talk to people about it. You can have a coach. You can, you can, you can do all these things to try to put yourself in the right, you know, to, to try to keep yourself from, from learning some of those lessons the hard way. But sometimes, um, no matter what you do, like that's just kind of, again, lack of a better way of saying it, just part of the process. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're right. Um, you know, I think as humans, we tend to be stubborn and until, until it happens to you, you don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think running injuries are one of those things, you know, um, and I, I was that way. I mean, I was, I was bound and determined I was going to run that first marathon and I was training for it. And I was as stubborn as stubborn gets when I got hurt too. I mean, I was limping and still trying to train mm-hmm. <laughs> until, you know, it just it gets to a point that you can't. But I think you're absolutely right. It's one of those things that no matter how much you hear it, um, some people and myself included just have to learn for yourself. So, you know, my advice to all the runners out there is, you know, learn to listen to your body. Can, can I ask just because I'm, I'm curious, I'm, a, I'm an athletic trainer by trade. So sports medicine is kind of my uh, and running injuries is kind of my, my wheelhouse. Can I ask what that, that injury was that kept you out for a year and a half and took doctors and, and medical people a while to, to actually figure out? Um, so I never got a real real diagnosis. I went to um, some sports medicine people. I went to um, a couple of different chiropractors. And the one chiropractor that I finally went to who actually helped me, um, it was in my hip. And he said it was like a cartilage buildup that was restricting the movement in my hip. And he was able to, um, I don't remember the name of the technique, but there's a technique where they can kind of go in, um, not surgically, but from the outside, just use some tools to get in there and kind of loosen that up and help regain the movement in my hip. Gotcha. And has it been, has it been a non-issue since then? Um, 
Yeah, more or less. So right. it kind of acted up a couple of years ago, but I kind of I felt it coming on. I went to went back to the chiropractor, mm -hmm. had a little more work done, and that was probably about three years ago. And it's been no problem since. You know, knock on wood. Right. right. Um, so yeah, I think it's taken care of. Good. And I feel like that's kind of one of those. Um, you know, you talked earlier about listen, listening to your body and, and um, something that I've I've talked with people about before. And, and again, you know, I've, I've learned this lesson the hard way sometimes, too, is that you may not always know what's going on the first time when it's when it's a new feeling, a new ache, a new pain, a new a new location, something like that. Um, but then, you know, once you've been through it once and, and hopefully gotten it worked out and you can start to notice the signs and symptoms coming back earlier, uh, if you're paying attention, if you are listening to your body um, so you can nip those problems in the bud and not have it you know, creep up and get to the point where now you can't run for another year and a half. So uh, just kind of putting that, that bow back on that for, for folks. But it sounds like that's pretty much exactly what, what you've done. And you just kind of continue to pay attention to how your, your hips feeling and, and the rest of your body as well. And, and hopefully again, you know, knock on, knocking on the wood, staying, <laughs> staying pretty much injury free and, and moving on towards some, some big things coming up. Yeah. So you, you, you said that, uh, you know, kind of the, the Boston bombing, um, situation, which again, you know, uh, a lot of people like really were like, whoa, like I, I want to run Boston now or, or something. To, I mean, you know, I, I had, Boston was already on my list before then, but uh, definitely that really cemented it for me as well. Uh, but that was kind of the, the, the real nudge back into the, the marathon uh, world for, for you, or at least the training of, of getting into to marathon running. I have to ask because Boston is one of my big goals. I'm, I'm still way slower than I need to be to get there. But um, how, how did, a, I guess I, I know this answer, but for those that don't, did you did you qualify? How did the qualification process go? And and uh, you know, and then I guess I'm letting the cat out of the bag. But how was how was your Boston Marathon experience? Yeah, so um, I was determined to qualify for the the next year, and not the next year after the bombing. I just I knew that wasn't realistic. Mm -hmm. So I was giving myself a year to qualify. I ran my first marathon in the fall of. 2013 and I missed my qualifying time by about five minutes. So I ran my next marathon in February of 2014 and qualified with like a five-ish minute buffer. So um, I figured I was good mm -hmm. and it turns out when the registration came, it was good. And so my first uh, Boston marathon was in 2015. And I, I can't even... Um, I don't even know that I can really put that experience into words. It was everything that you anticipate it to be and more. Mm. Um, I mean, I had run Chicago, so I'd already done a big city marathon. Mm. But with all the history of Boston, with having to qualify to get there, you know, there's just this um, such a great vibe about it. Everybody is happy to be there. They know they worked hard. They know that just being there and being at that starting line is in of itself an accomplishment. And the, I've never experienced anything where the surrounding community is so into it. Um, for those who don't know, the marathon is always on a Monday. It's Patriots Day, which is a holiday in Boston. And so people are off work. The, the universities are out. Um, people are off work. It is a street party from Hopkinton to Boylston Street. Mm -hmm. And there are people everywhere. And the year that I the first year that I ran, it was cool and it was rainy. It was not uh, beautiful weather by any means. But there's still people 
everywhere, you know, two and three people deep in most parts of the course. And they are just cheering and cowbells and a lot of them are drinking, mm-hmm. but they are just happy drunks to see people <laughs> running. And, um, you know, it's just it's uh, an amazing part of uh, history just to be part of any Boston Marathon. And that crowd can really carry you from for for 26.2 miles. I mean, it's just it's one of the best experiences running that I've ever had in the world. It, it sounded like you've you've uh, you know, that first experience wasn't the only experience. How many times have you run Boston? Um, I've run four times. So this year will be my fifth. Gotcha. And, and uh, plans to, you know, keep going back most most years. Is that is that uh, obviously you enjoy the race enough that it's, it's worth going back for you? Is that kind of the, the, the loose plan? Uh, absolutely. I just, I can't imagine as long as I'm able to continue qualifying, not going, it's just, it's that much of an experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I, uh, definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward. It's, it's still, you know, it's still one of those where you, you get the graphs out and you plot, all right, well, I got to get a little bit faster and then I got to get a little bit older and, and eventually these lines are going <laughs> to, are going to, are going to meet in the middle somewhere and, and I'll be able to go there. Um, when, when you, when you run Boston, do you race it? Do you run it? more for fun? What, what is, has it changed in, in the, the different times that you've been there? How, how do you uh, go about running that race? Um, so I've usually raced it. So the first three times I definitely raced it. And I actually, the first year and the third year that I ran it, I PR'd mm. um, at Boston. It's, it's a great course to do it. Um, last year, it was really, really, really nasty weather. Many right. people are fans of marathoning have heard it was the worst weather in Boston like ever on record it was nearly freezing but not quite so the rain that was coming down was just super cold it was miserable um so I didn't race it (laughs) this past year I I survived it but um for the most part I like to race it and I'm planning on racing it again this year I'm gonna try and go for another PR there in April gotcha gotcha that's uh Certainly, certainly best, best of luck. And I, I know I'll be, uh, you know, pretty much set, set aside that day, glued to the, glued to the, uh, the TV and, and watching the race uh, as it, as it unfolds. Um, but you know, you mentioned in there that, uh, you know, kind of, as long as you can keep qualifying, you, you'd love to keep going back to, to race it, which, which leads to one of the, one of the big goals that you, that you're working on. Um, you know, people that listen to the show know that I've, I've got a goal of running a marathon in every state, but you've got a, a goal of, uh, Boston qualifying in a marathon in every state, which is taking, taking, uh, taking my goal again and, and blowing, <laughs> blowing right on past it, just like at, uh, at bear bait there. But, uh, where did, where did that, uh, um, I, I, what was the, the, uh, I don't know what the right word is here. What was the, the impetus of, of putting that goal on it? Cause for me, you know, traveling to the different States, seeing the, seeing the country, like that's kind of why I want to run a marathon in every state. Um, but but putting a time goal on it, a time a time, a, 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 um, you know, not just like a goal of pushing yourself to a certain level, but a Boston qualifying time sets, sets that bar a little bit higher. Why why did you put all that together? Um, I really don't know. Um, I was I kind of decided to do that at a point where I had I had run a few states, I had run a few marathons, and getting a Boston qualifying time was. Um, challenging but not a super reach for me where I am in my fitness so uh, it seemed reasonable and like you I wanted the 50 state thing to have the opportunity to travel the country to see all the states because I've said for a long time that I wanted you know I want to get to every state in this country and 
you know, adding a marathon to that is kind of my motivation to do that. And adding the Boston qualifying time is just, you know, it's something that not everybody can do. So I want to try and do. Do you, do you have uh, any rules around like, like just as far as, you know, as you, as you get older, as this, as this goal stretches out, you know, obviously the Boston qualifying times change. Is it, is it, is it, is there like a, I always want to be below my current Boston qualifying. Is that, is that the goal or is it like, you know, the, the three thirty or, or what is, what is your quote unquote definition of Boston qualifying, which is a terrible way to ask that question. But I think that, <laughs> that, that makes sense what I'm trying to ask there. It, it makes total sense because I've actually kind of gone back and forth on this in my head. Um, I would, Ultimately, I would like to be able to run a Boston qualifying time of when I started this, which I was under 40 then. So my qualifying time was 340. And it's actually because they just changed it this year. Even though I'm over 40, it's back to 340. (laughs) Um, So I would really, really like to get under 340 in all of the 50 states. But I realized that if this takes me um, a while (laughs) – uh, you know, performance drops off, so may not be. And I would be happy if it is my current Boston qualifying time for all 50 states. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, and and with uh, I, I believe I saw something. PR is now in the in the like three three oh nine three ten range, something like that. So you've got you've got a, yep. a pretty good buffer uh, of like you said of not always having to run your best race, but to still be able to uh, to get under that that three forty mark. Uh, pretty hopefully most of the time. Right. Yeah. Have there been any races that you've done so far that have been um, nail biters as far as as getting under BQ for for traveling to a different state or have they all been pretty comfortable? Um, There's been a couple that have been close. Uh, Usually I've done a number of back to back Mm -hmm. where I race one state on Saturday and then another state on Sunday. And so sometimes those Sunday races are a little close. Um, I probably had a couple of 338s um, in those Sunday races, but you know, nothing, nothing too terrible. I'm not 339.50 anything yet. (laughs) (laughs) How how many states have you uh, clocked off your, knocked off your list so far? Fifteen. All right, all right. That's that's a solid start. That you're 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 solidly on your way for sure. Yeah, well, I knocked out all the easy ones. So, all, all the, all the, <laughs> like, yeah, right. All the ones that are driving distance to mm-hmm. me, um, those have all been knocked out. So the logistics get a little more difficult from this point on. Right, right. Well, and uh, yeah, the, the, definitely that that adds a, a layer to it. I, I didn't uh, think it through living in, in Central Florida. Like, there's there's only like two states that are you know at least a, you know a sh- short ish of, of you know six to eight hour drive drive away. So it's uh it's that that logistic i, I kind of look at the map now and go gosh like maybe we should just move to like you know so, somewhere where i can get you know seven states within a, a three or four hour drive and at least for a year just to knock off all those states a little bit easier yeah yeah new england's a good place mm-hmm. to to do that um and that's why i've done a couple of the back-to-back things right. um because it does one trip knock out two states it it helps that progress right 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 well, and, and then, you know, talk about back-to-back, which is a, a perfect segue into uh, one of the the more recent uh, things that you've done, which which doesn't, uh, I, I was, again, snooping around the website a little bit, it doesn't quite meet the qualifications because the courses aren't, uh, you know, uh, 
certified as Boston qualifier courses, but you uh, dipped your toe into the, the mainly marathon waters, uh, I guess about a month ago as, as we're recording this, um, which for those that aren't aware, it's, it's a different, different series is series. Is it series is series, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> a, a multitude of, of race week series around the country where it's, you know, somewhere between usually like, I think five days and nine days or something like that, where it's, you know, races every day, each in a different state. So you kind of knocking off those states that are drivable pretty close to each other. And you, uh, did, five five Gulf Coast states in, in five days. So if I'm looking at this right, you did uh, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas in, in five days. What was what was that experience like? Oh, that was fun. Um, only in the definition of fun that only us can <laughs> say fun. Um, yeah, it was a really great experience. It was a great challenge. So the, the mainly marathons group, uh, if I'm going to shamelessly plug them here for uh, no reason. I'm not associated with them at all, but it was such, they do such a great job. It was such a great event. Um, They're just a couple of brothers who put on these things and the, they have groups of people that I guess kind of follow them around to all their series is. And it was just really cool. Very, very laid back. Mm -hmm. Um, Every course that they do is an out and back course and, but multi-lap. So, like, I ran as few as 12 laps and as many as 22 laps. Wow. Yeah, so it's a whole – it was a whole nother level of mental challenge for a marathon, Um, you know, because you cross the finish line, you know, 13, Mm -hmm. 15, 20 times before you cross the finish line. Um, But it was – it was really, really cool. So, you know, it was – the first couple of days were really hot and humid as it can be here in the South. Um, and then the last three days were super cold and windy and rainy. So it was a, a really neat mental and physical challenge. Uh, it was a new way to push myself to do something different that I hadn't done before. Um, it really forced me to focus on recovery, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't just go out after your marathon's done and eat whatever you want and drink whatever you want because you have a couple of days or weeks or months to relax. Right. It was going to get up. I had, you know, you run a race, you get in a car, you drive, um, you know, eat, recover as best you can, get up the next morning, run another marathon, repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a really good learning experience. I learned a lot about how to get my body to recover. I learned a lot about what kind of fueling my body works well with and not. I mean, you learn a little bit about that when you do an ultra, but um, so used to after a marathon, just kind of being able to eat whatever you want, right? right. Um, so like having to really keep my mind on focused on eating good, you know, things with proper nutritional value and things with enough carbs to restock Mm -hmm. my supplies for the next day. It was, oh man, yeah, it was just a really interesting challenge. And obviously in this long answer, I haven't even really talked much about the running, (laughs) right? Um, Because in a lot of ways, that was kind of the easiest part of it. And I'm using air quotes when I say easiest, because of course, running five marathons in five days is not easy. Right. But um, 
it's all those things you do around it, the recovery, the nutrition, to be able to put my body in the place to be able to do it again the next day. With with that um, kind of thought of, of recovery in, in mind, I'd love to dive a, a little bit deeper there because um, one, uh, you know, who knows, maybe somebody's hearing about this and like, wow, that sounds like it'd be a, a fun thing. And it's not like it's just marathons. There's different race distances that you can choose from. So, you know, if, if a marathon every day isn't your thing, there's a half marathon, there's like 10 K even maybe even 5 K. Um, and there's yep. ultra, there's 50 K too for, for the real crazy people. But, um, you know, so if that, if that floats your boat, uh, you know, people might be interested in that, but I also know there's a lot of people that do various different challenge races. So like, like the Disney races where there's, you know, two or three races in a weekend, I think rock and roll does some of those things as well. So, um, all that to say, Again, everybody, everybody's always going to be different. What works for one may or may not work for somebody else. But, but you know, for, for you and your experience, how, how did you, what was your kind of your re- recovery uh, routine between these, these races for the, these five days? So there's a couple of, uh, like, I think recovery, couple of key recovery things, right? Hydration, um, electrolytes, nutrition, and then... Um, Something that I hadn't done before, but I did this uh, mainly marathons thing, was uh, compression. Mm. So I've used compression socks, compression tights previously, um, but I had just bought some new compression tights, and I was like, okay, we're going to try these things out. So I would put those on and wear them for, you know, at least a couple hours, like while we were in the car, mm. and uh when we got to where we're going, make sure I walk around, keep blood flowing, do some foam rolling. Um, that I think was a big key as well as making sure I got some quality nutrients in as soon as I possibly could after I finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, it's, 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 it's a equation. It's not just one, it's not just one thing. It, it is a little bit of combination of things. Um, but, but I think you definitely hit on, hit on the, the keys, the, the nutrition, the, the, um, the hydration, um, and then a little bit of compression is, is always a, a good thing, which is a perfect segue. It didn't exactly it pro- promise. I didn't exactly mean to do it this way, but uh, perfect segue into today's sponsor. Uh, today's episode, once again, is brought to you by the, the folks over at Exoskin, um, who make, among other things, compression gear, compression sleeves, compression uh, uh, socks, compression tights. Um, so, you know, whether, whether you've got a bunch of races on the calendar uh, where you're doing some back-to-back types of things where, where that uh, speeding up that recovery process is, is key, or whether it's just, you know, you're training for that first marathon and your first half marathon or whatever, uh, where, where, you know, you're going to do some long runs and, and you're worried about how you're going to feel the next day or, you, you know, you get your long runs in on, on Sunday, but you got to be able to function on Monday to, to go to work and go about your life. Uh, a good pair of compression socks or sleeves or tights might be uh, just what you need. And, and with Exoskin, just like we've talked about Exoskin before, before um they've got they've got the copper in the fabric which makes it not stink so you don't even have to wash your compression gear if you're doing five uh marathons in a row uh you can just wear them wear them after the race take them off put them back on after the next one and, and they're not going to stink by the time you get to texas or whatever the last state is on on your list um but uh they, they feel great you can you can wear them you can wear them under your clothes if, if you wanted to you know and, and nobody would ever know they're not going to be uncomfortable they're not going to bunch up they're going to breathe well um all of the benefits of all of the base layer gear that exoskin has it all works the same with their compression gear as well. So if you want to check it out, head over to the website, exoskin.us. Make sure you use the code DizRuns at checkout. That'll save you 20% um, on what uh, what I will go, at least at this point, say definitely the best uh, you know com- kind of compression gear and base layer gear that I've, that I've ever worn. So I don't know, maybe there's something better out there, but I've not used it. So check it out, exoskin.us. Use the code at checkout, DizRuns, to save 20%. So 
worrying about the compression, worrying about uh, um, the hydration and nutrition, the, all the recovery uh, bells and whistles for you, Jessica. What was from, from a running side of things? I mean, you already kind of mentioned that that the the weather changed dramatically over the course of this week, which is you know always a, a possibility no matter where you are, but definitely down in in the, the southeast in in uh, you know February. That's that's definitely a a, a thing that happens. Um, but from a running perspective, how, how did how did the body hold up? I mean, you know, you, you put the recovery practices in place, but you know, I have to imagine that by the time you get to the fifth day, between the running and the travel and all of the things, um, it had to be a, a bit more difficult than it was on day one. So, how was the the running side of the uh, the, the mainly marathon experience for you? Uh, yeah, I definitely. Um, you know, fatigue builds up over the days. Uh, and I think it was a little extra challenging. So day two in Alabama was a trail race mm. and quite a hilly trail race at that. So that course on the second day was definitely the most physically challenging. And I wasn't really prepared for the hills. Mm. So um, the next couple of days, the day three and day four, definitely my legs were really feeling um, the fatigue from all that hill work, my calves in particular. Um, so it took a little more, you know, warming up, stretching out, taking it easy the first few miles of the next day. Um, but, you know, by the time we got to Texas, my legs felt surprisingly okay. I'm not going to lie. They didn't feel <laughs> good. They felt okay. Um, but, you know, I was I was really surprised at how well my body held up. I had very minimal tweaks or twinges or anything anywhere at the end of those five days, which you know is a testament to what the human body can do when mm-hmm. when you put it to the test. But it was definitely a challenge. Um, you know, legs got tired earlier every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it it was a men- mostly the mental side of thing is you know pushing through and and getting past that physical discomfort and getting the races done. Gotcha. How how did you prepare for that? I mean, you know, did you did you run a bunch of you know eighteen milers in a row or twenty milers? Like, how did you? What was the the lead up to to the the mainly experience like for you? Um. So if I had been coaching myself, I probably would have done something like that. But I. Ha- <laughs> I have a coach and so I did what he told me to do and I trusted him because he is a uh, super badass ultra runner himself. Um, and surprisingly, I didn't do quite as much of the long back to back as I would have expected I would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did a lot of, um, you know, not a lot of rest days. So a lot of just running on tired legs. Right. Um, and even though I wasn't doing like 18 miles back to back, it was 12, 13, 10, you know, Mm -hmm. on consecutive days. So not the super high mileage, but mid range mileage and just keeping the legs tired. And I think that kind of mimics that late race (laughs) multi-day fatigue. Right. How did you, um, attack the races strategically. So meaning like, and, and again, we mentioned earlier that, that it was hot the first couple of days. So, you know, going into it, 
um, as far as as keeping your your pace under like was was that difficult was it was it hard to to save something or was it pretty easy kind of knowing that all right there's there's a couple more days of this and and with it being hot that means that we need to probably back off even more like like from from the the tactical side of things how how was that yeah so it was um you know many times you go into a race with a strategy and you end up not sticking to it for whatever reason right so i had i had decided that i was going to run i wanted to run a consistent race i wanted to run i was going to shoot for the first couple of races to try and hang around 330 which is an 8 minute pace mm-hmm. um so when i started running that first day it was weird i couldn't get comfortable so you know how sometimes you can get in you lock into a pace and you can just hold it Mm. and I couldn't do that so like every time I was like all right just just run by feel and just you know whatever feels comfortable just stick with that and we'll work with it well so I started doing that and I was running 740 and I'm like okay this is too fast I can't do this Mm. I can't keep this up for five days so I kept trying to pull myself back so um I was my paces for that first day were like 740, 810, 740, 815. <laughs> um, so not an ideal way to start off, a, you know, the first of five marathons. Um, but I ended up about the same, about the time overall that I wanted. So I was like, you know, that, that worked out okay. Um, day two, I again wanted to try and keep, I had, backed expectations down for day two because it was a trail race. Um, but I didn't realize there were going to be those hills. Mm. And so probably about, I don't know, eight or 10 miles in to day two, I was just, I'm just going to go. I'm just mm-hmm. whatever, you know, just kind of run it by feel. I didn't want it to feel easy, but I also wasn't going to push myself. And so that's how I that's how I finished out actually days two and three because day three was on the Biloxi coast and there was this just wicked Gulf Coast oh. wind that was I was just like, all right, you know, we're gonna gonna do what what we're gonna do. But the last couple of days I was able to just kind of pick a pace, try to stick with it, and you know, the last and the paces kept getting adjusted, mm-hmm. of course, as the days went on. Um but, you know, in Texas, it was a decision to try to finish strong. So I tried to keep, stick to my pace for the first, you know, 20 miles. And I was like, all right, this last 10K, we're going to go. We're going to see what we have left. And um, I was actually able to pick it up just a little just, just a little bit um, <laughs> for that last 10K. So it was, um, you know, I went in with a good plan. It didn't necessarily work. But I think that's part of the challenge of marathoning in general. Yeah, certainly. Um, so, you know, we talked about recovery between races. What was, what's been recovery like after the, uh, the last, the last of the series? Um, so I've done a lot of easy running. I've had more days off than usual, Mm -hmm. which has been kind of nice. Take my dogs for walks, which I don't always have time to do. Um, but this week, so what we're a couple weeks out from the end of that series And uh, this week is my first, quote unquote, real week back to training. Mm. So, um, yeah, a couple of fairly easy, lower mileage, mostly easy running. Right, right. Um, I I promise we're going to get off of mainly, but one last mainly marathons question. Would would you do another series again if, uh, you know, somewhere down the road? I think so. So, um, you know, I got done and I just 
I enjoy the experience so much um, that I started, you know, we had talked about my 50 states and my my own uh, requirements that I've put around that. And I'm starting to rethink that. Like mm. if I go for a sub 340 marathon and not have the requirement that it's a certified course, which then wouldn't make it a Boston qualifier, right. then I could do a lot of these mainly events. Mm-hmm. And um, so that actually got my wheels turning that way because I enjoyed it that much. Gotcha. We'll talk about starting starting with a plan and things <laughs> twisting around a little bit as, as we go and adapting and adjusting. But but yeah, it's it's something that's been on, on my radar and it's kind of come back on my radar. So uh, y'all listen to Stay tuned because there might there I don't know there might be there's there might be something big uh, cooking around here but we'll we'll we'll, we'll leave that uh, little little teaser out there for a while because I'm not certainly not in any position to make any big announcements yet but speaking of of big announcements though um, and and maybe shifting away from from mainly at least for uh, the part of 2020 um, you know this this little quote unquote little uh, golf states <laughs> challenge of of five marathons in five days is just kind of wetting the appetite for what you've got uh, planned for for next year doing. Hopefully the the world marathon challenge of seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. Where where did uh, I mean? I feel like that's one of those things that a lot of us would be like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But like, I don't know. <laughs> At this point in my life, I'm not like looking into it and figuring out what I need to do and and how to make it happen and whatnot. So like, I, you know, I kind of feel like that probably had to start with you, where you're like, wow, that would be pretty cool. But then you've actually taken the next step to look into it and plan for it and make it happen. How did that transition or how did that that process go to get to? you know, get from, wow, that sounds kind of cool to like, all right, I'm going to freaking do this in 2020. Like, how did you get to that point? So, um, I think it was in 2016 that a friend of mine's niece was running the world marathon challenge. Mm. Um, and her name's Becca Pizzi. She was the first American woman to do the, the challenge. Yep. And so knowing by proxy, knowing her, right? I was like, oh, wow, that sounds, that sounds really cool. But, you know, kind of like you said, that's where I was then was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and she went and did it as the first American woman. She set the world record. And I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as I started running, I was like, I could, I think I could do that. I, you know, I, I really think that I could do that. And so it's something that's kind of been building over time and been, um, I think about a year ago, I made the decision that I was going to go forward in 2020. And I was like, I, you know, that gives me two full years. I had started looking into this, the mainly series. I was like, that's going to be a really good test run to see where I am. And after having come out uh, relatively unscathed of the five marathons mm-hmm. in five days, it's like, I can do this. I, I, I can do it. I know I can do it and I'm going to do it. So I have submitted my application and, um, it's in, it's on, I'm going. That's, that's awesome. Which and this, this may be one of those kind of almost impossible questions to ask, like terrible, terrible hosting questions to ask, but, um, which, which continent are you most looking forward to? I think North America. Really? Um, yeah. And that's because it's the last one. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> um, I'm, I really don't like cold weather at all, but I am actually really looking forward to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I hear it's beautiful 
it seems to be just a stunning, you know, one of the few really undeveloped places in the world. Um, so I think I think actually Antarctica is probably what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I, I think I would. That would you know, I, I, I've, I've said before. I don't know if I've said it on the show or not, but I like. At one point, it was like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind running a marathon in all all of the uh, the, the populated continents, but like, really have no desire to go to Antarctica. But then, but then it's like the, the more it kind of sits on you and, and think about it, and it's like, you know, like it would be kind of like like you said. I mean, it is kind of a, a non developed place. I mean, one of, probably the only real non developed place, and and uh, just just to to go there and, and experience, you know, experience real nature, um, I mean, a different kind of nature, but but yeah, but just you know. It it would be it would be a it would be a pretty cool thing because you know you you're running a, a race in in other city other cities around the the world like cities are mostly cities you know there's there's differences yeah. but but it's not like you're going to get to get out and experience the world in in whichever places you go like you get out you run you get back on because I had Becca on the show a while back and and a couple other people that have done the the seven marathons challenge or world marathon challenge so it's like it's it's you know it's a lot less sightseeing just get out run and get back on the plane and go so. Uh, yep. Antarctica, you're going to get to, you know, see some ice and snow, which is, I mean, that's Antarctica. So you're going to actually see the the, 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 the continent while you're there. That's true. That's true. So w- what did you, uh, have you learned or, or maybe you're still kind of processing, but you know, from, from mainly that's, that do you think will help you with the seven marathon or the world marathon challenge? I think, um, I think everything that I learned, all those, I think those experiences were just invaluable. Um, I really learned a lot about my body. I learned about, you know, the recovery that I did and how it worked. Um, nutrition things that worked. There were a couple of days that I did some nutrition things that didn't work so well. Um, you know, so I think all of those learning experiences, but probably the biggest is the mental challenge. So I I knew going in that it was going to be uh, a big mental challenge, mm-hmm. but I still somewhat underestimated how tough it is to keep your head in the game for that many consecutive days for that many consecutive miles. Um, so I think now that I have a better grasp of that and right. I'll be able to get better mentally prepared for the world marathon challenge. Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge is, is putting it mildly, but it's, it's going to be awesome. It's gonna be a great experience. Um, and, and certainly, uh, can't wait to, to hear how that goes. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, if, if the, the stars continue to align, uh, we can, we can kind of preemptively schedule a, a return visit to the show for after that, to talk about how that, uh, how, how it played out and, and how it all goes and whatnot. Cause I would, I would love to hear that some of those stories. That would be great. I'd love to. All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, go ahead and, and pencil that into the calendar sometime. I don't even know what the, when the date is, but somewhere in 2020 after, after you uh, uh, literally fly, fly and run around the world, uh, we'll, we'll circle back and talk uh, a, little, a little bit more. But as we're wrapping up today, Jessica, I, I like to uh, kind of close with something I call a philosophical question, which, which sometimes sounds a little scarier than it is, but it's really just kind of like the introductory question, something that's pretty open-ended, pretty, pretty simple. Um, and just kind of, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little, little bit less specific to any one particular topic than anything that we've talked about today. But uh, we just would just be curious, you know, at this point in your in your life with obviously some, some real big running goals still in front of you um, and, and some really 
pretty pretty solid running achievements uh, in your past that you should be very proud of. Um, why do you keep doing it? Why why do you keep going? Why why is was running this thing that uh, you kind of hitched your wagon to and and um, you know keep getting out there you know most days and and pounding the pavement and hitting the trails once in a while things like that? Why why at this point in your life do you run? I think the simple answer is because I love it. Um, being out on the roads, on the trails, just me and myself and my thoughts. It's my time for reflection, my inner peace, my zen, my calming, whatever you want to call it. It is, it's my me time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I love, I love the peace that it brings and I love, trying to find the next challenge and challenging myself to do bigger and harder and different things. Mm-hmm. Love it. As, and as per usual, I'm going to try to not, uh, not get in the way of that I think that's, that's something that we can all kind of resonate with as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll put a bow on it right there with the to be continued for, for somewhere, uh, next year after you've completed the, the world marathon challenge. But, uh, guys, once again, islandbridgerunner.com is the website, Island Bridge Runner on Instagram and Facebook. You can connect with her there. Follow along. Uh, like I said, I told you at the beginning, I was serious. Lots of, lots of big things to come. So definitely, uh, connect with Jessica, follow along with what she's got going on. Uh, and if you miss anything, you want some show notes, links, anything like that, disruns.com slash 702 is the is the link that'll take you back to back to the website, back to the show notes for today's episode. Um, and as per usual, Ellen will have all of the things written out, Cliff's notes, links, all that good stuff will be there. Dizruns.com slash seven zero two. So uh, Jessica, thanks for, uh, for, for taking the time today and, and uh, let me scratch my itch on the, the mainly marathons a little bit. Cause I, I uh, like I told you beforehand, I kind of have a little, little something I might be cooking up um, and, and continue to tease that on the show to some other folks as well. But, um, and, and certainly, uh, you know, just, congratulations on that and certainly uh, nothing but the best going forward go go out there and, and literally run around the world uh enjoy it and uh we'll we'll saddle up and do this again at some point but thanks for the time today and and uh wow go go get it girl all right thanks denny i appreciate it all right guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show hope you enjoyed the conversation between jessica and myself and as per usual be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that uh, resonated a little bit more strongly with you than uh, than everything else from today's uh, stories and adventures and uh, conversation along the way? For me, it's it maybe it's it's a little uh, maybe I'm reaching a little bit here. Maybe it's it's something that uh, as I'm putting you know the, the finishing touches on this episode and editing things and getting it getting ready for release is a little bit more. Um, pertinent to me right now, a couple weeks after we actually talked than it was when, when, you know, right when we had the conversation, but it's the idea of kind of breaking your own rules sometimes, or, you know, just the idea of, of having your own set of rules in general. Uh, you know, when we were talking with, with Jessica about her goal of, of running a BQ in, in every state and then tying that in with mainly marathons a bit and, and maybe this idea that, you know, her original rule was that, uh, you know, it had to be on a certified course to, to count as her Boston qualifying time in every state and, and maybe abandoning that rule to do more of the mainlies and still, you know, still trying to have the, the certain time goal. But you know what, if, as long as it's 26.2 miles plus, even if the course isn't certified, does, does it matter? And that, that's just kind of hitting with me a little bit more today, um, because I've been seeing various posts on social media talking about, you know, kind of this thing or that thing or that thing, but I'll, I'll just kind of boiling down to 
to follow these rules, to not follow these rules, to set these rules in place for yourself and being hamstrung by them, whether it's diet, you know, not eating this, eating that, whatever it might be, whether it's training philosophy, all heart rate, no heart rate, run and eat, whatever, whatever it is. And I'm struggling with it because for me, when it comes to a lot of things in my life, especially the health and fitness side of my life, having some firm rules, boundaries, limitations, borrowing from, from Caesar Milan there, but having some, some good rules, boundaries, and limitations keeps me on track, keeps me on track. Whether it's, you know, making sure that I'm going to do my strength training after I ride my bike on these days, whether it's, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to not eat that. I'm going to not start eating until a certain time of day. As soon as I start to give myself some wiggle room, as soon as I'm like, ah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to intermittent fast. I'm not going to eat breakfast until two o'clock in the afternoon, but uh, I don't know. Maybe today I'm going to have my, my first meal at, at one o'clock or at 12 o'clock because I'm really hungry today. In the grand scheme of things, that, that, that's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal to have that flexibility, that willingness to be intuitive. But for me personally, not having that rule or not following that rule even once starts down that slippery slope. And pretty soon, you know, the, the, the reasons that I'm, I'm into the intermittent fasting, the, the health benefits, the, the potential link, not proven, but the potential link of, of reduction of, of risk for Alzheimer's, I'm willing to stay hungry for that extra hour or two if that 30 years from now is going to pay off and I may not have Alzheimer's or other types of dementia. So what I'm trying to say here is that sometimes having that hard rule in place is the right thing for you. It is for me. Sometimes we've got to be willing to have the rule, but then, you know, it's okay to deviate from. It's okay to change the rule. I've changed several of my rules for myself over the years. And it seems like I always find that when I start to give myself too much latitude, things start to devolve. And I put in that structure back in place is what helps me. So I don't know what the, the tie-in here or the, the running side of the tie-in is for for to share with, that, with all of you. But just thinking about Jessica saying, you know, she had this rule in place and now kind of reconsidering it just, just brings to my mind that sometimes those rules are great. Sometimes those self-imposed rules, those self-imposed disciplines of going to bed at this time, getting up at this time, eating this, not eating that, not eating at this certain time, whatever, whatever it might be for you. Sometimes those things are really necessary, but sometimes, sometimes those rules can be a bit arbitrary too. And it's okay to kind of go back and, and reframe the rules a little bit, not necessarily coloring outside the lines, but moving the lines and formulating a new rule. If she still wants to BQ under 340, all right, that's great. But does it always have to be a Boston certified course or can I have some more wiggle room? Can I run some events that aren't certified courses, but they're still marathon distance, still have the Garmin data to prove it. Does that still count to each their own? I think it does, but that's just me. She's got to come to those grips, but, uh, you know, rules, having rules, putting rules in place for yourself. I think those things tend to be pretty good. There can be a a part where it goes too far and that's when you got to pull back a little bit. But for me personally, not having enough structure, not having enough Rules, boundaries, and limitations, that's not good either. That's not good either. So I don't know what I'm trying to say here other than that was my takeaway. And that's that's the beauty of the takeaways of these conversations is they can strike you however they strike you. And it might not be a neat, sweet, 
talking point that you can rattle off in a minute or two and just say, yep, this is what my takeaway was. It might be a bit more vague. It might be a bit more um, conceptual than an actual, you know, short and sweet and to the point. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, whatever your takeaway was, if you're willing to share it, I'd love to know what it was. So let me know. Shoot me a tweet at DizRuns. Shoot me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at DizRuns there. Um, and obviously, you can head over to the show notes, DizRuns.com slash 701. A couple of photos from Jessica there as well, uh, as well as links and, and things going on. And uh, stay tuned for more uh, about mainly marathon. That might be coming up, but uh, not for a while. Not for a while, but just stay tuned. Planting that seed now. We'll see if it grows. Um, but the link for today, DizRuns.com slash 702. And uh, now before we wrap up, just want to remind you, today's episode brought to you by uh, Exoskin, exoskin.us. Use code DizRuns at checkout. And that's one of the great ways of supporting the show. Supporting the sponsors definitely helps you know keep their, their money flowing, which helps keep the, sh- keeps the show growing. Uh, but if you want to help to support the show the other ways as well, DizRuns.com slash support is the link to the page on the website with a whole host of options there. You've heard me talk about several of them before. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about several of them as well. Uh, I'm going to try to highlight one or two different ones at the end of each episode now going forward. So today, I want to highlight Audible. Audible, I'm a big fan of Audible. I, I love reading, quote unquote reading, listening to books being read to me on Audible. I especially love to do that. I, I haven't really read a fiction book other than reading to Addison, of course, but like actually sat down and read an adult fiction book in I don't know how long. And maybe that needs to change, but probably, I don't know, if not every other, maybe maybe uh, every third book that I get from Audible is a fiction book. Um, and, I, and I love kind of just being able to just enjoy a story enjoy a story, which I, I don't take the time for that anymore. When I'm reading, I'm reading running books. I'm reading business books. I'm reading some things that are, are more, much more educational than they are in, in for, uh, entertaining, but on audible, I can, I can do that. So if you haven't checked out audible yet, uh, I would definitely encourage you to do so. And you can get a free book, free 30 day trial, uh, easy to cancel if you don't want to continue with it, but I, I think you'd enjoy it by just going to disruns.com slash audible. That, that also credits me with a little bit of uh, money coming back from audible um, at, at literally at zero cost for you. It's, it's an affiliate deal. Um, I get some cash. You get a free book. You get to try it out. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. I still get the cash. You still don't get charged. You get to keep your book and uh, nobody's any worse for the wear. So if you haven't tried it out, I would definitely encourage you to do so. Uh, and another great way to support the show is just to, to share an episode on social media. If you like this episode, share it, share it. You can always share disruns.com slash, you know, whatever the show number is. Um, and, and that'll share the episode. You can post about it, tag about it. Um, you can, most of the, the apps you're listening to, there's a little button right there that, you know, the, the little share icon, you can hit that and share it to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, those things are much appreciated. And certainly, you know, it helps other people to find the show, which is, which is, you know, as the show continues to grow and it does more opportunities present themselves. And I've, I've got a few things up my sleeve that I'm excited to, to be sharing with you guys soon. Um, and those, those things wouldn't be hidden up the sleeve if it wasn't for more, more of you listening to the show. So if you can tell other people about it, Hey, I appreciate it. And if you're enjoying the show, odds are maybe some of your running friends might enjoy it as well. So, you know, don't do it because it helps me. I mean, it does help me, <laughs> but do it because it's, you know, you're, you're sharing something that you find valuable with others in hopes that they might find it valuable as well. Maybe there's something I say that helps them, helps your friends out. Um, you never know. Never know what kind of words fall out of my mouth that might help somebody, but share the show with somebody that you love, uh, somebody that you at least like maybe. And, and if you really hate the show, I don't know why you'd still be listening now, but share it with somebody that you don't like and make them suffer through my ramble fests at the, at the at least at the, at the end. Hopefully, trying to get things tighter at the beginning 
uh, rambling a little bit more at the end. Um, but anyway, those are some great ways to support the show that really don't cost you anything. I mean, Audible costs you if you stick around and, and subscribe to it, but you'll find it, I think you'll find it worthwhile. Uh, but if not, it doesn't cost you anything right up front to try it out. And certainly sharing the show doesn't cost you anything but a couple of seconds to, to post it somewhere, blog about it. If you have podcast, podcast about it. If you YouTube, YouTube about it. Um, whatever, whatever. Certainly appreciate it. So with that, we'll go ahead and, and wrap this thing up. But uh, thanks for everything that y'all do. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. The handful of you at least that do. Uh, but thank you so much for everything. Uh, and until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, until next time, take care, guys.